go to Acts chapter 15. Um, we're going to do verses 5 through 9. Just four verses today. Mainly because Ryan Doherty is speaking in a couple weeks and he said, I want to start in verse 10, so make it happen. So I'm going to make this happen today. Acts chapter 15, verses 5 through 9. Um, follow along in your Bible or on your version Bible app, if you would. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the, go- of the gospel and believe. Verse 8, God, who knew the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did you. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Let me pray for us. God, I, I pray for this passage, for these four verses, five verses, that you would reveal yourself to us in your scripture that your Holy Spirit would be moving in us, that you would make things make sense in this, and that you would just prick on our heart and on our minds that we get to see you more clearly through these scriptures. Thank you for bringing us together. In your name we pray, amen. Cliff note version of where we're at, okay? So far, this is Paul and Barnabas. They're on their first missionary journey. They're going to different cities. They're telling this good news message about Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. And which, which was at one time a message just for the Jewish people is now a message for the non-Jewish people as well. It's for the Gentile people. And so Paul and Barnabas have gone through. They're preaching all this good news. And then they're going back, through, back to the churches. They're appointing elders in this, these churches. And the church is starting to explode. The church is starting to grow beyond just the Jewish people, beyond just Jerusalem. Like It's going to make its way, believe it or not, all the way to Greeley, Colorado. And this is the beginning of the church. I think it's interesting that already at the beginning of the church in verse 5, and I'm going to give a message today that is very much, let's just say, in the spirit of the mid-eastern religion here. It's very much going to be a heart message. You're going to have to go through in the house churches this week and pick apart the words and really dive into some deep theology. But I'm going to give a heart message today because I believe in God's church. And in verse 5, I've experienced this in my life. Have you? Read it. Then some, then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. Two words that really jumped out at me is Pharisees, and it's a a group of people. And another word that jumped out at me is and. And when you put Pharisees and and together with this good news message, you kind of get a contradiction of this good news message. So here we have Paul and Barnabas preaching the gospel message, a good news message. The Holy Spirit is moving, the church is growing, and they're coming back through. And what should be like a victory rally is met by professional Pharisee Christians that are saying, that's all good and dandy, but it's not only that. It's and they add things to what Jesus has made very clear and what the Holy Spirit had been doing. If you... Um, have been hurt by the church before, 
it's probably looked a little bit something like this. Paul and Barnabas, love and life, God doing incredible things. Like they're drawn closer to God during this time and they come back through and these professional Christians just pour water on their fire. If you've been hurt by the church, it's kind of looks something like this. Yes, it's about faith, the Pharisees would say, and keeping the law of Moses, and getting circumcised, and we didn't even hear the first message that you gave us. We, I don't want us to chase down the theology of my illustration here, okay? Please. 21 years old, I grew up in a Christian home from third grade. I became a Christian, got baptized in a very cold place. Jerry, did you baptize me? I think you didn't. David, maybe? Oh, it was cold. I remember that. That's about all I remember about my baptism. It was, it was cold. I grew up in a Christian home. I went to a Christian college, dropped out and started a Christian rock and roll band. I have to say Christian rock and roll band, okay? Wow! Super uber Christian, right? Um, loved God. was passionate for God. I was passionate about telling people far from God this good news message. Um. And then I was told that I was stalled out in my relationship with God because I didn't speak in tongues in Miami. And I'm like, well, what's tongues? Like, I'm Baptist. I don't even know what this means. I just know I love God. Like, what's up? They're like, yeah, but you're like a micro-Christian because there's this thing called tongues. You better get on board, bro. I'm telling you, I don't want to get lost in my theology here because we could go all sorts of crazy ways. We'll have a whole message on tongues, okay? I'll give you my cliff note version. I'll be, I'll be real with you. Like, I have this prayer that I have with God that's in tongues. It's not the same. I like to walk and just pray. None of you will ever hear it, but I love it. And I'll never speak in tongues here. Well, I better not say never. I'm getting lost in my theology. Let's get back to my illustration here, okay? I was told in order to take my relationship to God to the next level, to the next place, I needed to start doing things like should about a Honda. I needed to speak in tongues. I don't want to get lost in the theology. I don't want to water that down. But I do want to say that's one illustration in my life where God was moving in my life in powerful ways. And here come the, the poopers, pooperers to go on Jared's illustration. Right? Poopoo on you. Poopoo on that. Poopoo on what God's doing in your life. Like poopoo. And, and started adding all these ands. Yeah, it's about faith, Aaron. It's about loving God. Yeah, and speaking in tongues. And, I mean, we can, we can just go down a line here. Humans like to add and to the backside of this simple Christ-like faith. If you've been hurt in church, it's probably because churches come around and they've said, sweet, you've got simple Christ-like faith, and you better do this. And you better look like this and dress like this and talk like this. And, 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 and. At Church Project, I mean, we've started this. We said we're biblical, we're simple, Right? You can read those signs back there. We're biblical, we're simple, and we're relevant. i got to tell you, this word simple is not simple. Simple does not mean dumbed down, void of, of depth and meaning. Like simple is the hardest thing to maintain 
when you're doing church, the philosophy that we're doing, simple is very hard to maintain. We've had to work super hard to maintain being simple in what we do and what we say and how we preach and everything about it. Being simple requires saying no to a lot of good things. Like simple is hard. But we believe it's about keeping the main thing the main thing. It's not coming along and saying, hey, listen, this faith that God's given you, great, but you've got to add this, and you've got to do this, and this, and this, and this. And we do not want to weigh down the ecclesia called church project by saying it's faith in Jesus Christ, and, 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 and wear you out. Because I've been worn out, haven't you? In church. So Paul in this passage, like, he knew that God and Barnabas, and he knew that they both knew that God was using them to take the good news message beyond the Jewish people. Like, they're pumped. This is working. And God was using him to take the message to the Gentiles, people that desperately needed this good news message. And this type of missional living necessitates thinking and acting in radical, radically new ways consistently. You can't show up and speak the same thing you spoke yesterday or a year ago and think that it's going to be the same result that you had yesterday or a year ago. Like to think missionally means you're constantly growing and changing and growing deep into the things of God. Paul knew this and he was experiencing this. And every new town he went and every new conversation he had, he had to think, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? How are you moving new today? There's this fancy word called incarnation. You like that word? Incarnation, which, which simply means this. God took on flesh in the human body of Jesus. So God incarnate was Jesus. He took on the flesh of Jesus. As believers, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. How cool is that? Like as believers, God has given us himself, the Holy Spirit, in us. We are tasked and we're super privileged to take Jesus everywhere we go as we live out our mission. I'm going to say that again because, April, I'm experiencing what you did. Like, come on. It's like, like we're in Georgia or something. We are tasked... I wrote it down so I can say it word for word, okay? We are tasked and privileged to take Jesus everywhere we go as we live out our lives on mission. And all, there you go. Thank you, Lauren. I'm gonna, I, I've quoted this book a lot recently because I'm in it and it's taken me forever to get through it. Bill, I wonder how far you are in it. Um, it's Alan Hirsch's book called The Forgotten Ways. An incredible book. You can't speed through it. It's a slow read about church. It's, he's so good. But I want to read something that I think will really hit us with this passage today. This is what he says. The art of missional thinking in organizations is to recognize that the church is responsible to deliver the message of Jesus in radically different and consistently changing cultural conditions. This necessitates movement and constant adaptation. We must never underestimate the power of incarnation practices to bring the gospel to any people group. Amen. It's in your notes on version. If, if you want to read it again, I say amen. 
And what I say amen to is each one of us, as Christ followers, have the Holy Spirit in us, Christ incarnate in us, the Holy Spirit moving, and he's saying, I'm taking you to the places and spaces to live on mission, on purpose, because I've sent you there. Amen. And tomorrow will not look like today. Amen. We've got to trust the Holy Spirit as God moves through us. I want to pose a question. In this passage we're talking about right here where the Pharisees say, great, it's about faith and, and they start adding, I want to pose a question. Could the and be getting confused with the mission? And what I mean by that is so many differing ands are put in because God needs us to do and live out this mission. So could it be that the and gets confused with our mission? If you're ministering, here's what I'm getting at. If you're ministering to alcoholics in your third space, the space that you're always going, you find yourself in, the workout place or the bars or work or wherever you find your place in, if you're ministering in these places, and, and let's say you're specifically ministering to alcoholics, I bet a natural and to add in that scenario would be and to stay away from alcohol. Right? That's your, it's your mission. You're called to minister to people that are alcoholics. And so, obviously, you're going to say, it's about faith. And by the way, staying away from alcohol would probably do us really good. So, could it be that we confuse our and with our mission? God's saying, I'm taking you to the place to minister to alcoholics. You should probably say, don't drink. Right? Okay, another example. Could it be that we change our and around in the different places that we're at to meet the subculture that God's put us in? Because I bet if you find yourself in an art subculture all the time because you're very artistic, one of the things that you're probably going to say is it's about expressing art and letting it go and being there. Are we confusing our and with our mission? You have faith, period. We have faith, period. Now live out that message by letting God sanctify you, which means you becoming more like him every day as you live out that mission everywhere that you go. That, to me, is super exciting. Which, by the way, your mission will look way different than mine because God's put you in different places and different experiences than he's done with me. As we look at church right now, In 2018, this is not the crusades of the past. We should never repeat the hostile takeover of America like we did from the Indians, right? Our subcultures, our differences, our ethnicity, our heritage, our diversity is what makes us beautiful and strong. It's because we can go to these subcultures, we can go to these places and spaces that we all find ourselves in, and we can show God or other people that living on mission looks like this. A great example I can give you that is, think of the African bushman, poor living in the middle of Africa. He becomes a Christian, she becomes a Christian. And then 
God says, I want you to start a church. And so the first thing that, that this man does, this person does, is big, a big or build a big, huge building. And then throw off the normal wear and put on the suit and tie and throw off the normal language and start speaking like Americans and they're doing church, right? Are they really doing church effectively in the middle of the bush or are they just trying to copy America? Like the diversity of us is super needed. I think dancing around a fire or whatever is good for their culture, whatever they're doing and praising God would probably be more effective than trying to copy a Baptist church from down south. To me, that's super sad when I hear that and when I see that. And what is almost as sad as that, by the way, you ready? Americans sitting quietly in chairs and listening to a monologue. Listen, I've been to a tailgate party of the Cowboys and the New York, or not the Giants, but the Jets. It was amazing. I loved it. It was a dream of mine. By the way, I want to go to another one this year. I want to go to Dallas, though. That'd be side note. I've also been to a Friday night fest this Friday with Lauren, and it was really good. This week's Friday Night Fest in Greeley will be the beginning of the blues, right? Oh, I'm pumped for that. It's going to be so cool. I cheer at these places. I jump up and down at these places. I have a lot of fun. I just got to believe that church could be that and should be that. It's got to move beyond this dialogue this or monologue, I guess. I've been... Oh, yeah. You ready, Chad? I've even been part of this. This is so good. Mm-hmm. You know where it's going. Well, a few of you know where it's going. Oh, this is so, so stinking good. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 shh. Talk, talk to your neighbor. Come on, baby. Oh, yes, okay. Turn that to 11. 14 second intro. Where did it begin? Wait, where did it begin? <laughs> I can't begin to know it, but when I know it's growing strong. That's really low. There you go, Debbie. Come on. <laughs> Was it the spring? Spring became the summer. Ryan, come up here. Get up here now. Come on. We believe. Get up here. Balala. Come on. We practice, bro. Come on. Hands. Wait, this is good. You can keep singing. I can't, there it is, see? Touching you, sweet Caroline. Good times never seem so good. 
I've been inclined to believe you they never would, but now I It's not done. Give me that. Give me Times never felt so good. Who wants it, Shulak? Who wants it? No, no. Thirteen seconds. It's a dance solo. All right, everyone, stand up and wave. Right, come on, right here. Knows the words, it's awesome. Three <laughs> Caroline. All right, give yourselves a hand. That was good. Wow, that was aw- that was amazing. I don't know what my point was, but wasn't that awesome? Lighter! I like the lighter, Debbie! All I got to say is that escalated quickly. <laughs> um, I've sat around fire pits with uh, great friends and a karaoke machine and experienced church. Uh, don't kill the life. Find it and inject it with meaning. Like God's given each of us a life to live, and we better live it the way that God's given us and intended us to live it. Don't rely on the church to lead the way because you are the church. Go lead the way. We get in verse 8 and 9, and I'm going to wrap this up here because I want a karaoke, and we better move on. I went through like 10 songs. I wanted to do an Oasis song, but got too high. Like, anyways, 8 and 9. Uh, God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. What I read in verse 8 and 9 is this. 
God knows our heart. Do you see that? God who knows the heart. God accepted us, right? Showed that he accepted them, which means he has accepted us as well. This message has broken out to the world at large. Then what did he do? God gave us the Holy Spirit just as he gave them, the Gentiles, the Jewish people, the Holy Spirit. We have that. God, what does he continue to do? He continues. He does not discriminate. And what does he do in the end of verse 8 and 9? He purifies. God purifies. It seems to me that this faith thing is more about God than about us. Ouch, that was so good. Please don't add. Please don't dilute. And please don't make it boring. Because I really like singing karaoke. So does Lauren. She tears it up. Walk with God as he takes you to your places and your third spaces, living out missional, living out the mission in a very simple and powerful way, speaking a love message to humanity at large in the places that you go and I don't. If we do that as a church, we got a pretty awesome church. Amen? I'm going to pray for us because Weston, again, I don't know how we're going to transition from karaoke to communion, but <laughs> you get to figure that out. We're going we're gonna to have communion right now, and we're going to continue just worshiping God. And I pray that in this place, that's what we get to do. So let me pray for us. God, thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for Paul and Barnabas living boldly this message to not only the Jewish people, but to the Gentiles, and yes, even to the Pharisees. Thank you that this message is alive, it's active, it's meaningful, it's full of life, it's whimsical, it's amazing, and I pray that we don't stagnate in our walk with you. God, I just got a feeling that if you remind us and take us back to that moment when we realize that we have sin in our life, And you sent your son to die for that. To show us the ultimate love. And then if we call on your name, you say you're faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. To make us look more like you. To draw us closer to you. So God, please take us back to that space when we remembered how much we needed a savior and how much you want us to live on mission in your kingdom. And I pray you break through and let us have permission to live it the way you've asked us to live it. And I ask that in this place, if there's anyone that that's, has not given their life to you, that you would so move in their heart and life today that they can't stop. They just say, God, I want to follow you with my life and they seek out other, other Christians in this room to talk about and say, show me Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus and show me sin and teach me of things of, of who you are. So prod in our hearts today. Amen.